Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, so I have a confession to make. I am not very athletic. I'll admit it. All right, maybe you're right there with me. I know part of it is because I've just never really been into sports. As a kid, I tried t-ball, but I got bored of it. Because the coach just threw me out in the outfield. When you're playing t-ball, the ball never comes out that far. So I was just standing around most of the time. I also remember playing golf with my brother when we were kids. But a round of golf just takes forever to play. I know some of you are into golf and that's fine, but it's too much time for me. There is one sport, though, that I played as a kid that I do still like today, and that's bowling. Right? That's my kind of sport. There's little chance of injury. Most of the time, you're just sitting around with your friends. It doesn't take that long to play, and the only physical exertion is just rolling a ball down the lane. Right? I can handle that. Now, even though I'm not very athletic, I still remember doing something a few years ago that was very athletic for me. I wanted to climb the rock wall at the Vandalia Rec Center. Clearly, something got into me that day because I don't like heights. So I don't know if it was stupidity or temporary insanity or what, but I wanted to do all. So I got in line before I lost my nerve. The woman who was working there acted as a spotter. She helped me get in the harness, and she grabbed the end of the rope. And I remember looking up, and I was scared. But I started to climb. It was terrifying, but also sort of fun. I remember I kept looking up at that little bell all the way up there. And you know what? I rang that bell. My first time on a rock wall, and I made it to the top. Now, for being a guy who's not very athletic and who doesn't like heights, that was a big deal for me. Right? Now, why do I tell you this silly story? Because sometimes congregations can be like people who aren't very athletic. We would rather just sit around and not challenge ourselves. Or the only exertion we really want to do is the equivalent of rolling a ball down a lane. Right? We don't want to risk getting hurt. We don't want to pull any muscles. We don't want to fall or look foolish. But that's not going to keep us in good shape. Besides, Jesus calls us to climb that wall. Right? Remember, I was still scared when I was climbing that wall. I had no idea if I was even going to make it halfway up, let alone ring the silly bell. But I trusted the spotter. I knew she wasn't going to let me fall and die. Now, maybe you think I'm about to say that we can trust God to be our spotter. Well, true, but the metaphor doesn't exactly work. Because, you see, the spotter at the rec center didn't climb the wall with me. She was just standing there holding the rope. She still had her feet planted on the ground. 
but God climbs with us. That's the whole promise of the Incarnation. God took on humanity. The Word became flesh and lived among us. God didn't just say, hey, go do this risky thing and I'll watch you from a distance where it's safe. No, God came into our scary, broken, messy lives and said, hey, let's go do this thing together. It's going to be hard, but I will be with you every step of the way. In today's gospel reading, we see this playing out. This famous story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 is one of my favorite Bible stories. Because I like that reminder that God can do miraculous things with just a little bit. And in one sense, that's true. But in another sense, it's not true. For example, God can indeed do amazing things with something small. Like how God can use one person to make a difference in this world. But in another sense, it's not true. Because you can't get blood from a turnip, as some people say. If there's a certain need in the world, like 5,000 hungry people, then five loaves and two fish are not going to cut it. Or if there's a certain expense of X dollars, then having only a few cents for it isn't going to cut it. In this story, the disciples saw a need in the world. They saw the 5,000 hungry people, and they cared about them, right? They didn't want these people to starve, and they even came up with a plan to help. But their plan was just to pass the problem off to somebody else. They told Jesus to dismiss the crowd so they could go into the nearby villages and get some food. Or in other words, let the people in the villages take care of it. But Jesus said to the disciples, you give them something to eat. Jesus wouldn't let them pass this off. Remember, you can't outsource your life of discipleship. You see the need, Jesus basically said. It's pulling at your heart, so you feed them. Well, when the disciples heard that they had to feed the people... I bet they felt like me looking up at that rock wall. Right? They were scared. They did suggest that maybe they should go into the villages, buy the food, and bring it back. But it would still be the people in the villages providing the food. That wasn't what Jesus wanted. Jesus wanted the disciples themselves to feed the people. And as I said, from one perspective, this is impossible. 5,000 people cannot be fed with five loaves and two fish. Unless Jesus is there. We hear that Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and fed the crowd with them until everyone was filled. There were even 12 baskets full of leftovers and everybody lived happily ever after. Sounds great, but also sounds completely unrealistic. 
That doesn't happen in our world, does it? Miracles like that don't happen in our lives, right? Wrong. Miracles do still happen in our lives. To see how, we just need to look at the story in a slightly different way. Listen again to what the disciples say when Jesus tells them to feed the crowd. They say, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. In one sense, that could be a statement of scarcity. Scarcity wants to hold on to what resources it has and not share with others. It thinks that the resources are too few, the need is too great, and so it should just look out for itself. Success means just maintaining its own survival. But I think what the disciples said could also be seen as a statement like, this is everything we've got, Jesus. We give it all to you. We're not sure how it'll make any difference, but here you go. Do with it what you want. That is not a mindset of scarcity, my friends. That's courage. Over the past couple of months, courage has become really important to me. Now, I'll admit, I'm not usually a courageous person. I like comfort and stability just like the next person. But I'll admit that I've been going through my own spiritual struggles recently. I've had feelings of depression and resentment and anger. But then, during some time of prayer, I felt like God gave me an infusion of courage. God told me to remember how I felt about climbing that rock wall. Because courage is what got into me that day at the Rexham. It wasn't stupidity or temporary insanity. It was courage. Now, I need to be clear. Courage does not mean that you're not afraid to do the thing. You are afraid. And you're honest that you're afraid. I was afraid of climbing that rock wall. But instead, courage means that you choose to do the thing anyway. Let me say that again. Courage does not mean that you're not afraid. It means that you do the thing anyway, even though you are afraid. Like, it takes courage to climb a rock wall when you don't like heights. It takes courage to ask that person out on a date when you don't know if they'll say yes. It takes courage to have a baby, or start a new job, or stay where you are when you don't know what the future holds. It takes courage to make choices without knowing the results in advance. It takes courage to push against the mindset of scarcity. It takes courage to trust God with tomorrow when you don't think you can make it through today. It takes courage to put the resources in your care in God's hands 
and say, do with them what you want. The disciples had no idea what Jesus was going to do with five loaves and two fish. And we as St. Paul have no idea what Jesus is going to do through us. But like he did with those first disciples, Jesus can do something miraculous through us when we courageously follow him. That's how miracles still happen today. On this consecration Sunday, as we hear this story of the feeding of the 5,000, I hear Jesus calling us to be courageous. And I know that's hard. I know it takes discernment. I know it's scary. But I can promise you this. If you're willing to try, if you're willing to be courageous, if you're willing to take a risk and climb this wall with me, then I will be right there beside you. In the struggles and in the joys. And even better, Jesus will be right there beside both of us as we climb this thing together. We are being called to give Jesus everything we've got so that he can use it to do something amazing in this world. Now I know that some of you might be thinking about the practicality of that estimate of giving card in front of You might be thinking, I don't want to take a risk. I don't want to be courageous. I don't want to give any more. I understand where you're coming from. But rather than looking at this from a mindset of scarcity, think of it this way. God is always faithful. And God can use us. God can use you to change the world. God can indeed take something small and do great things with it. That's part of the beauty of this story. And in fact, God is already at work in you. Just look at these Operation Christmas Child shoebox gifts here. This is a sign that God is already using you to change the world. Because of you, God will change the lives of some kids around the world this Christmas. And that's awesome. Since we already know that God is doing great things through us, then why not step out in courage? Why not push against scarcity and say, here's everything we've got, God. Do with it what you want. Why not trust God who will continue to be faithful? Why not be like our ancestors in the faith who trusted God to see them through? Why not be like all of the people of St. Paul over the past 206 years who trusted God with their resources and their future? The disciples didn't have a clue what Jesus was going to do. But they trusted him. 
Then he climbed that wall with them. And you know what? People were fed. Lives were changed. They rang that bell. So I'm willing to be courageous with you. I'm willing to try new things with you, even if they're scary. I'm willing to climb that rock wall right beside you. And whether we ring that bell right away or not, at least we got off the couch and we're moving. And that's a great thing. So let's follow Jesus together in this new year. With courage and with faith. Because we're in this together. And the best part is that Jesus is right here with us every step of the way. So in the name of the one who works miracles through us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.